So when we ask the question, why pray? Is it really just a, is it, is it something as simple as manipulating God into getting the things that we want? Is it kind of like a weekly Christmas list? Is that really all it is? I don't think so. I don't think that God is that simple and manipulated, and I don't think that we're that foolish. I think that the way that God made us, and he made us uh, to understand not only who he was, but to have a relationship with him, I think that the way God made us is to also, for you and I to understand that there's something greater than ourselves. We're not as strong as we think we are. We're not as smart as we think we are at times, and we know that. We know the things that are good and the things that are not good. We know that we want to do the things that are good, but oftentimes we don't. And so we struggle. And in that struggle, or maybe even better stated, from that struggle, we lift our eyes heavenward and our hearts heavenward and our words heavenward. And we say, God, I I need help. I realize because I'm not that smart and I'm not that strong, God, I I don't know what to do. In fact, God, sometimes I don't even know what to say to you. I don't know what to say to you when I'm disappointed. I don't know what to say to you when I'm confused. I don't know what to say to you when the things that I prayed for don't come to pass and I'm not sure what's going to happen next and I'm worried and I'm frustrated and I'm confused. And then there are the days when I'm really, really happy and we get along great and I think I understand what you want and I try to do the things that you want. And then just about the time that I understand all of that, then the bottom falls out and I start all over again. That's why I pray. And it was not an insignificant thing when the men who were following Jesus noticed that Jesus didn't just live differently. It was, it was even in the little things. It was in the way that he prayed. It was in the frequency that he prayed. And so when they saw that in him, they just simply asked, will you teach us how to pray? I find it fascinating that one of the top fears of individuals is speaking in public. I don't know if the fear of praying in public, even in a small group, even sitting at a, a lunch table or, um, or, or wherever, if it goes along that. But sometimes I think it's not necessarily fear as much as it is the burden, the false burden that you might say the wrong thing to the wrong person. God's not that fickle. He's not that petty in all of it. And just like anything else, we learn over time how to do that. And Jesus gave us a really good guide. We've talked about those things. So the first question, the question we ask is why pray? The first answer that we had, we prayed because Jesus prayed. We saw the impact on his life and his ministry, and we want to live like he lives. We, we have found him, and we want to follow him, and so we want to pray like him. And then last week in the opening of the prayer, we, we prayed because, uh, we pray because God's listening. And it's not that sophisticated. It's not a special formula. He loves us. He knows us. He cares for us. And that's who we are, period. And so we pray because uh, Jesus prayed. We pray because God's listening. 
And this week, we're going to uh, uh, take our, the next step at that next phrase. And, and the, the simple answer to the question is, why do we pray? Um, oh, let's, let's follow right along here. Um, um, uh, you'll, you'll see it here in just a second. Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We talked about uh, praying because Jesus prayed and praying because God's listening. That was the phrase when we said our father in heaven. This week we're focusing on that phrase that says your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are we praying? We're praying because we want what God wants. That's why we, we pray. We want what God wants. Now, Of all the, the messages on this section of scripture and talking about the prayer of Jesus and the teaching on prayer of Jesus, this is probably the, the most difficult, not the most difficult to understand, but it's the most difficult to accept. Because in every aspect of this, we are second. Every time. We're always second. We don't like that. At least we don't like it when someone tells us that we're second. Now, when we choose to be second, that's okay. It really, really is. Sometimes it's awkward and sometimes it's, it's frustrating. But when we say we want what God wants, what we're saying when we pray this, and it's exactly why Jesus taught us this way, is that God, everything about you is more important than everything about me. And when we say that, we know that we mean it until the application kicks in. Wait a minute. I thought I, thought I was going to be taken care of. Wait a minute. I thought that well, I'm not sure what I thought, but I didn't think that, right? And there's the challenge. Now, you see, the thing is, is while, while we do get upset in all of that, maybe upset's uh, uh, too strong, uh, but we're certainly not comfortable. So while we're not comfortable in all of that, for many of us, it's the norm, and we actually love it. It's, if you're a parent, it's the norm, in fact, um, I'm, a, I'm a father of three, and uh, two of my kids are married, so there are, are now five kids and my wife, which means I will never be higher than level seven. <laughs> Ever. 
And when uh, there's another young man who thinks he's strong enough to take on my youngest daughter, I'll never be higher than eight. And you know what? I've come to be just fine with that. Just fine. You see, because there's some things that I've come to understand about what it means to be second or fourth or seventh or eighth. And how God takes care of me and blesses me and how God wants to take care of you and bless you and encourage you and and remind you of how he keeps his promises to you. And so some of the things that I've come to understand, I want to share with you this morning. The first thing I've come to understand is is about the kingdom of God. Jesus says, your kingdom come. What is the kingdom of God? Why is that significant? Um, If you know Jesus as Savior, you're in the kingdom. If you're thinking about acknowledging Jesus as who he says he is, the the Savior of all men, the the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but you're hesitant about that because, wait a minute, does this kingdom, is this kind of like an overseas kind of political setup and you have to do whatever he says and all that? And I understand why you and I might get nervous if we we talk like that, but it's, it's like that, but it's actually so much better. It really is. It's, it's almost too good to be true because, you know, we say if it is too good to be true, it, it isn't kind of a thing, but it is with Jesus. Because the way that Jesus explained it, when Jesus showed up, a lot of people were threatened when he began to talk about the kingdom of God, especially those who were the kings of the day. They thought they were going to lose their thrones. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not. Well, okay, then Jesus, if your kingdom is not of this world, then what is your kingdom? If Jesus is the king of your job, then the kingdom is in your office. If Jesus is the king of your marriage, then he's in your home. The king of your family, he's in your home. If he's the king of your life and your heart and your mind and your soul, then the kingdom is in your life and your heart and your mind and your soul. Now, that sounds like, I, I, I get it. I get that that sounds in some ways like just passive religious rhetoric. But if you've lived it and you've finally surrendered to that, how many would agree with me? I wish I would have given in sooner. Oh, man. Especially for a firstborn, strong-willed, stubborn guy. Oh, I wish I would have learned. I wish I would have said, yes, Lord, a whole lot faster than I said, wait, Lord. Wait, Lord, for me to figure this out. And all the while he's saying, I already did. The kingdom is wherever Jesus is king. He's king of your life, king of your home, king of your job, king of your money, king of your habits, all those things. 
Now, if Jesus is king, do I, does that mean that I really have to do everything that he says? No, you don't. But if you don't, there are consequences. I'm not telling you this as a preacher. I'm telling you this as a man who's been foolish enough to think that I didn't have to do what Jesus said. Foolish enough to not listen to him about my marriage, about being a dad, about being a preacher, about being a friend. And more often than not, when I didn't listen to what Jesus was telling me to do, I suffered. I, I, I did. It's just that simple. You know, Election Day is a week from Tuesday. And we're used to, those of us who participated in that really great privilege, uh, we're used to choosing people that we like, people that think the way that we think, people that like the things that we like. And uh, uh, this is not about that. The way that we're used to living, the way that we're used to being governed the kingdom is so much different than that. This is not about choosing someone that will do what we ask them to do. This is about choosing someone that we're going to follow and obey. And that is a completely different frame of mind, which is why Jesus said, pray this way. Pray this way because it's hard. Pray this way because it's a challenge. Pray this way is because the kingdom by sometimes our selfish nature, our selfish nature and the kingdom don't coexist. We got to give up a bunch of stuff. We do. First thing I needed to understand was really the kingdom and whether I was really going to follow Jesus or not. And every once in a while, if I decide that I didn't want to be second anymore, I wanted to be first, Jesus would say things along, it was kind of, you may look at me as if I'm weird about this, but this is just the conversation. And, and, and he, really, we're going to do this again? Remember? Remember last time? Remember last time, the, frusta the frustration? Remember how much it cost you emotionally, financially, relationally, spiritually? You, you, do, you, do you have enough in your life account to pay for this? No. Well, why? Well, because I'm pretty stupid. I'm pretty stubborn. I usually learn the lesson the seventh time. Hence... Seventh place. <laughs> the kingdom is so much better when I give in to God. Which is why I need to pray that way as often as I can. I needed to understand the kingdom of God and therefore understand the will of God. The phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done. The second phrase actually explains the first. It's, it's kind of saying the same thing in a different way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I, I, I want the kingdom of God to come, and wherever the kingdom is, the will of God is. If God is wanting things to happen, that's the kingdom of God. God wanted Jesus to do what he did. That's why the kingdom, wherever the kingdom is, is where Jesus is king. And also wherever the kingdom is, is where the will of God consistently takes place. 
One of the great questions, or I shouldn't say great, one of the most common questions that I'll get, if, I've, if I ever ask a crowd or a group of people, hey, you got any ideas on some things that you'd like me to give some messages on? And, and invariably, I'll get, a, I'll get a three by five card that has handwritten, what's God's will for my life? And I, and, and I want to say, you, you know, he's already done that. He's already explained that one. He really has. Now, I can tell you my life story, and I can help you understand through my life story what the will of God is by all the mistakes that I made and the consequences that I paid accordingly for that. The kingdom of God is wherever God's will is done. Wherever God's will is done, the kingdom is there. If God's will is done in your family, then the kingdom is in your family. If God's will is done in the church, then the kingdom is in the church. If God's will is done in your career, then the work of the kingdom will be done in your office. You're saying, Shan, it sounds like you said that before I did. But you see, we can like the kingdom and not like God's will. Anybody ever been there? They may not necessarily want to talk about it right now. <laughs> the king, like your kingdom come, your will be done is saying the same thing in two different ways. So when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, why do we pray that? Why do we actually, why did Jesus teach us to pray that? Because God's will is not always done on earth. It's just that simple. We want God's will done, but sometimes we'd rather just, when it's all said and done, to be honest, we'd rather just do it our way. We'd rather just do what we want. So we can get what we want. So we can have, just like, it wasn't what John said when, uh, during that, during, prior to communion, that, Sometimes we think it's about our kingdom and not his kingdom. And that is the struggle for all of us for just about every day. All right? No, we're not going to have a two-year-old tantrum anymore, but we sure would really like to. We'd love to, every once in a while, we'd just like to just scream and stomp and throw a few things. And sometimes we do. Scream anyway. We pray, Jesus taught us to pray that uh, his will be done uh, on earth here as it is in heaven. Why? Because in heaven, God's will is done perfectly. On earth, it's, well, not so perfect. And we always say, wouldn't it be nice if things could just kind of, when, when, when we have a really good day, when we see people being kind to one another, when we see people um, just helping one another and, and caring for one another, we hear it on the news, we, we watch the news and we say, wouldn't it be nice if it just happened like that all the time? That's why we pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the point. And, and it's not just about what we see going on around us. It's also about what we see going on within us. We say, God, I can't do this anymore. God, I, I, I want to do the right thing, but I can't do the right thing. Because I, I want to do it, and then I mess up. 
I, I, I just, I, I screw it up all the time. And, 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 and for just God, next time I start talking to you about what I want, will you just tell me to knock it off? Will you just tell me, remember the last time that we did the your will thing, how it worked out? So how about we just try the God's will thing and avoid all the difficulty? And Lord, help me. Help me to see the blessings in there. Because sometimes we can't. We're, we're worried. The reason why we don't necessarily follow God's will for our life is because we're worried about what will happen if we follow God's will. Will I be taken care of? Will my kids be okay? Will my, will my community be okay? Will our church be okay? All those kinds of things. And it's a struggle that we have. But, but it, let's do a real quick survey. If we had to bet on our reliability, our collective reliability, or the reliability of God, who are you going to go with? Right. He always keeps his promises. He always takes care of us. Every single time we think we've got it figured out and this is the best option, we wait a little bit and God comes along and comes up with an option we had never considered, never even dreamed of taking place, and then he just puts it in our lap and he goes, ha. That's Hebrew, by the way, for look. All right? He does it all the time. And, that, and as if we're surprised by it, we, we jump up and down. We look what God did. Look what he did. Sometimes we'll, even when we do pray, bad things will happen. Bad things will happen. And, and sometimes you'll hear someone say, well, that must have been God's will. What? It's not God's will, per se. It's just us simply saying, that I really don't want to take the blame for my own decision, so I'm going to say that, you know, God's bringing something on me that I should have known that was coming anyway because I didn't really want to do what he asked me to do in the first place. It's a challenge. This is why Jesus said, here's how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. God, I want the things that are in heaven to be the things that are on earth. And if I can be a part of that, make my will second or fourth or tenth so that your will is first in my life so that I can help others learn the blessing of what it means to follow you the way that you've taught me those things. That's, that's what it's really all about. It's as like I said, next week when we talk about um, um, our daily bread, we're going to do that. Which, by the way, I do need to tell you this. I know that there are football games and there's different things going on at different times, but next week is going to be a really, really, really important Sunday. We're going to be talking during the message about some things that are going to be in the future of Edgewood. And it's going to challenge us, but it's going to bless us. You really, really want to be there. If you know some friends who are usually here or sometimes here or whatever, you need to just say, hey, this, it's going to be an important Sunday. You need to be here. Plus, there's going to be some really good chili. All right, you want to stick around for that. But next week, really important. But when we talk about give us our daily bread and when we talk about forgiveness, we, hey, 
We're, we've got no problem with the prayer of God. Can you help me with this? And I'd like a, a little bit of that. And oh, God, forgive me and help me to forgive somebody else. We're all for that stuff. But when it comes to this part, when it comes to the part that says, God, your will before mine. Sometimes the volume of that part is a little bit less. Because we know that might mean some challenges, some burdens. We're always better for it. We're always better for it. When we come out of the valley, we're always better for it. And we say, man, I'm glad I learned that lesson. I wish I didn't have to learn it that way, but I sure am glad that I've learned that lesson. Because I'm closer to God. I, I, I see more of what he sees and because I see that, I feel closer to him. And so that's exactly why Jesus taught us to pray in this particular way. It's understanding the will of God. It's understanding the kingdom of God. And really, it comes down to trusting in God. That's really what it is. There are two things. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boil all of this down and, and just kind of put it into two different pots. And you might even say, well, they're really the same pot, and that's okay. You can write next week's sermon then. That's great. But uh, two different pots that I'm, I just want to share with you. The first one is this. It's the control of your life. It, he's the king. And I'm not. I, it took me too long. It took me too long to surrender that. Don't, don't, don't make the same mistake I made. Matthew 6.33, this version says, that, says it this way. God will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Do, do, do you believe that? If you do, then you can give him control. If you struggle with that, then tell him. Tell him. And I, I just want you to know, when you do, I want you to know you're in a long line. You're in a long line of people right here. Some people who've said that. Some people who still struggle with that. God will give you this and this and this, but that, I, I, uh, uh, that one's a hard one. God says, yeah, I know. Just like the guy sitting two rows behind you. Just like your parents. Just like your kids. The reason we don't give up control of our life, it's just that simple. It's one or both. Either we're afraid or we think we know better. Fear covers a multitude of foibles. It does. And the things that we think we know, we only need a couple weeks of extra life to realize we didn't know what we thought we knew. It's the reason why. I mean, when we think we know better about money, and God's got all kinds of wisdom about that. And so we do what we, we think we know better about. And then we come to find out, oh, no, actually, God does know a lot more about that. So if I'd surrendered what... I think I know, and if I'd surrendered my paycheck to God a lot sooner, it's really that simple. If I'd surrendered my marriage, I, I you know, I, I, I knew a whole bunch about marriage. You know, I'm supposed to know all about that stuff. 
But man, when I finally said, God, you're in charge, just help me to be the, the husband that you want me to be. Sex, marriage, family life, all that stuff. We think we know a whole bunch about that. God's the one who made it all. When I surrender control to him in any and every area, I'm always better off. He gives me what I need day after day. I need to trust God with the control of my life, and I also need to trust God with the control of my future. Listen to what he says in uh, Mark chapter 10. <clears throat> uh, actually, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Mark chapter 10. But let me assure you that no one who has ever given up anything for love of me and to tell others the good news won't be given back a hundred times over. Did you just hear the promise of Jesus? Let me assure you that no one who's ever given up anything for love of me and to tell others the good news won't be given back a hundred times over. And in the, in the world to come, he shall have eternal life. So let me get this straight. By trusting God, by praying that uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, uh, it really means that I understand what the kingdom is. I understand what the will of God is. I'm going to surrender my will to the will of God so the king, kingdom will be in my life. And in doing so, what I'm really doing is trusting him with the control of my life and the control of my future. And if I give everything and all of that to God, God gives me a hundred times more and I get eternal life. Hmm, let me think. Yeah. Now, I'm making it sound pretty easy right now, but I need to let you know that I make that decision every day. Every day. And the day that I don't make the decision for God is the day that I regret not making the decision for God. Oh, yeah, I got to learn that lesson again. So where are you? Where are you? Does God have control of some of you, but not all of you? Is it your home? Is it your family? Have you got those things mastered pretty well? Is it finances? You've got finances mastered pretty well, but the marriage is having some challenges. Is, is that where that is? Uh, is it employment? What are the areas that you know, I don't even have to say them. God's telling you right now the things, he's probably been talking to you even before you came in today. The things that are a challenge to you in your life. The things that you keep trying to manage and God keeps trying to tell you, I can, I can help you with that. I can, I can bless your life if you'll just trust me. Because when it's all said and done, it comes down to not simply words of a prayer, but praying from your heart and from your soul. God, help me to make myself second or fourth or seventh so that your kingdom, not just in, in heaven, but will be here on earth and in my life so I can bless my family, so I can bless those people around me, so that you can work through me to make a difference and make this place right here look a whole lot more like heaven and a lot less like earth. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for being so patient with us. We pray for your kingdom to come, but we still sometimes, with the other hand, try to establish our own kingdom. 
We try to establish the things that we want and trick ourselves into saying these are the things that you wanted all along. So God, humble us, but help us. Thank you so much for your patience and your grace and your mercy. I pray for families and I pray for husbands and wives. I pray for people who are just struggling in any and every way that you'll speak to their hearts and you'll give them the the strength that they need to lean on you, not on their own understanding, but on yours. To lean on you and to trust you and to seek you because you will not hide. You don't run away. You run toward us. You lift us up. You hold us up. You hold on to our hands. You walk us through the darkness. You uh, lift us up out of the pit over and over and over again. You keep your promises. And so, God, enough. Enough of us saying this is what's going to happen. Enough of us telling you what we want. Today, it's what you want and how you lead. Bless us, Lord. We say all this in Jesus' name. Amen.